don't embarrass yourself. Don't be disappointed. Don't stand out. Be the same. Fit in. Belong. And our inner child does that so much. And there's a few things we need to do to work with that inner child. One is finish parenting them. Welcome back to another week of Talking With Experts podcast. I am your host, Chris Cowden, and this week I get to talk with Shur Cunningham. She shares some NLP techniques that will help you become the CEO of your business, plus some strategies on how to reframe your limiting beliefs and serve from a position of empowerment, confidence, poise, charisma, and in your authentic vision. I'm so pleased to be here, Chris. It's just an opportunity. I think one of the things that I discovered as an entrepreneur was that you need the mindset first. And and you hear that so often that 80% of it is an inner game. So in a previous life, I was a web designer and I'd done all that reading. I started with the seven habits back when I was in my early twenties and did all the reading, but none of the transformation that needed to go with it. So I burnt out in that business. I had a year from hell and I came out the other side and between mentors and people who were helping me out, I reached out to this psychiatrist who prescribed a ton of pills and something called integrative stress management. And it was the mindfulness stress management program from John Kabat-Zinn. I had never encountered that. And looking back, I think we should start encountering mindfulness and working with our consciousness starting in grade three. If you're going to teach a child health in school, that is core. You need to understand how to move between super conscious, super unconscious into flow. Elite leaders manage what state they're in, depending on what they need to achieve. This was brand new to me. I had been working with business owners and coaching business owners on marketing and had never heard of it. It blew my mind, healed my depression, brought me into a world of true happiness and joy that I had never ever experienced before burning out. And I want to bring that. I want to be the mentor that I needed 10 years ago before I burnt out in my business. How did you, how do you cope with burnout? I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs that go, 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 and never thought, is it that they don't find time for themselves? Is that what causes burnout or are they just taking on too much? There's so many factors to that, Chris. When you really jump into it, if you want to do burnout very, very well, You need to not have a business plan, not have a business model that is intentional so that your business is happening to you and you feel like you have no control over it. You need to not know what your strengths are. Don't identify your genius zone so you never feel like you are stepping into your true value and never niche into a client that's going to love you so that you end up bringing on clients that are nitpicky and naggy and are never gonna be satisfied because you shouldn't have been serving them in the first place. You need to have all three of those things happening to you and you need to feel like they're happening to you and like you have no control over them to really do burnout well. And the way I had set up my business in the past, that's exactly what I'd done. Whatever client, if you could fog a mirror, you could be my client. I didn't have any specifics. And if you asked me to do something, Even if I had never done it before, I'd go learn how to do it and do it. I never had stepped into where are my powerful strengths. I didn't know my values. I didn't know my character strengths. I had no vision for my business. And I didn't know who I helped the most. So I was never in that place of being valued either. Those three things together 
have to equal burnout. It's just how the formula goes. And when you realize that, it also becomes very neutral. It's not a place of self-judgment or shame. It's just this plus this plus this equals burnout. It's much like the anxiety equation. How dangerous you perceive something to be and how much you perceive that you can cope with it are how you create the level of anxiety you'll be in. It's just an equation. Yeah, just an equation. And I've heard before, it's just you have you have different strategies for different types of things. The way you wake up, the way you mm-hmm. eat your breakfast, the way you feel anxiety, you feel anxious. Yeah, it's all strategies, not just the good stuff. If you if you think that you're a strategic person or you don't think you're a strategic person, you are strategic. Whether you, it's just a difference between being intentional and aware or not. And awareness really comes from that mindfulness place. If you cannot um, build your brain to be fully present in the moment, then you miss the awareness of what's actually happening right now. You're actually just surviving life, thinking about life. You're not living it. So when you come into that place of awareness, you can see this happened. I told myself this and here's how I reacted. Now, it's actually basic childhood regulation. What's the antecedent? What's the behavior and what's the result? Where did that come from? So that you can actually work back your strategy and say, okay, what strategies do I use to be depressed? What strategies, how do I know it's time to ruminate? How do I know it's time to beat myself up over something for three hours? Right? Yeah, a trigger it happens. It, it's true. There is a trigger to everything you do. And when you can find that trigger, you can hack your brain and change it to lead to something brilliant instead. Because realistically, we're all brilliant and bold. And anything other than that is just a lie we're living. So I help people find those lies using neurolinguistic programming, which is the language of language, the thinking of thinking, so that I can listen to what you tell yourself and hear the deeper structure underneath it to see what you're believing. What you believe dictates all those sentences, all those things you tell yourself, all the automatic negative thoughts and all the brilliant thoughts that you have. Can you believe yourself out of depression? Absolutely. I certainly did. I had been clinically depressed for 30 years before I burnt out. And I'd have my highs and lows, not like bipolar, which is a different set of strategies and beliefs. But when I realized that I could heal burnout with hypnosis, and I shouldn't say heal, but I could clear out all of the symptoms of burnout, I recognized I could clear out all of the symptoms of depression. So every strategy starts with a trigger. The trigger happens, and then you tell yourself a story, and then you feel a certain way. Well, every story you tell yourself, you have to believe in. So when we're changing things, we can do a couple of things. And we usually do a three-prong attack on it. We start by mapping out what is the strategy? What are you telling yourself in order to run that strategy? What would you rather do instead? What would you rather believe instead? And so we'll engineer that. We'll swish out the old strategy and bring in a new one instantly. Um, I actually helped... My grandson, who has autism spectrum, and he's ODD, he's OCD, he's got all these challenges. We cleared out a horrible habit that he had that he was defiant about, but really wanted to change. Like, he he was sad. We changed it with Swish. Therapy was not going to work. Trying punishment never works. 
It's what do you want to do instead? And it took us one minute to clear out a problem he'd had for nine years. So anyone can change how they think, change how they feel and change how they behave and generate new results. So long as you've got a brain and it's a human brain, you can change and reprogram all of that. And for those, because you just said the swish pattern, Mm -hmm. uh, I've heard that before from my NLP practitioner training, but for anybody out there that hasn't heard it, can you explain in layman terms what the swish pattern is? Every experience that you have, you encode it with visual, auditory, kinesthetic, like a little movie in your brain, where you store it, how you store it, how bright and big it is, determines how you're going to feel about it. So things we love, we store them right up here. Things that we hate, they're like way over there, they're gray and they're stinky and they're fuzzy and they're shaking. And you'll find that all the things that you love are stored in a similar fashion, all the things that you hate as well. So what we do is we take that thing that you've stored, that behavior, and we ask during the process, when you think about overindulging in potato chips, do you have a picture? And we take that picture and we say, okay, what would you like to do instead? As you think about doing that instead, do you have a picture? And so we take the old picture and we swish the new picture into its place. What we're doing is we're lighting up the problem strand in your brain. It's actually right in the physiology. We light it up. Then we look at the solution, the resource state, the brilliant future you would like to have instead. And we bring that in and replace the old picture. It reprograms that strand of the brain with a new resource. And in fact, everything from NLP to hypnosis of any step is light up the problem in the brain, step out of it, grab a new resource, step back in and change that old problem forever. It happens very, very fast because it's at the unconscious level. And even if you're sitting there consciously going, this isn't working, I'm doing this wrong, I don't get it, this is stupid, your unconscious mind just perks up and says, yes, let's change this nonsense. And it happens in about two minutes. Um, With NLP, you do not. NLP is waking hypnosis. And in fact, if you have something that you used to do, you can replace it with anything. So if let's say there's somebody's voice that just irritates you or makes you feel small or insecure. We can light that up so I can say, when you think about hearing that person's voice, do you have a picture? And you say, yes. And I say, okay, we light up the picture. It's old picture, new picture, one, two, three, swish, clear the screen. And I can say, okay, when you think about eating your favorite food, do you have a picture? We can replace the old picture with that. It's all we're doing is disrupting, light it up, disrupt it, light it up, disrupt it. And we can disrupt it and just clear it out. Or what I like to do is disrupt it and bring in something brilliant and new. As long as you're lighting up the pattern in the brain, it's actually not that magical of a state to get to. When we're creating deep behavioral change, we will go into a deeper state of hypnosis in which you have 10,000 times focus, creativity and imagination to work with identity. So we step even above the belief level into identity level where you say, I'm the kind of person who hosts the podcasts, right? You want to be that person. You want all the aspects, all the resources, and you want it to feel supernatural, clear out all the lies, all the nonsense. Then we'll go into that state of hypnosis and bring you into that identity work. 
It's profound. It brings all of the confidence, the curiosity, the enthusiasm, and we wrap it all together. We could spend hours swishing in all the different behaviors, when in reality, your unconscious mind knows exactly who you need to become and who you are becoming to be that person who creates amazing success. So deeper hypnosis going into that deeper trance is very valuable to just bring all that together and let your unconscious mind do all the work it already knew it needed to do anyway. Um, the, the challenge is we store all of our rules, we create our map of the territory of what does it take to be a human and thrive based on being a three to seven year old child. Most of our rules are stored very early on. So if you've ever felt like, oh my goodness, a six year old child is running my business today, you're probably accurate because those old rules, we don't have a way to light them up and repattern them until we have these tools. And then as soon as we have these tools, it's like, oh my goodness, let's clear that nonsense. <laughs> and I, uh, it's, it's true. And I like how you were talking about triggers there and how you can change the strategy to overcome and um, get rid of your negative emotions. I know you, you spoke briefly about the, the uh, inner child in you. Um, and I read on your blog or on your website that your inner child is holding you back from your adult adulthood so your inner child has a place and we do a lot of work with parts depending on where you are a different part of you is executive so when you are sitting doing bookkeeping the anal retentive i've got to get this fixed and finished is, is working when you are cooking that creative flair is lit up in you and your your inner child pops out in different places and what we need to do is actually finish parenting that inner child so that they aren't scared for us so that they're not saying don't embarrass yourself don't be disappointed don't stand out be the same fit in belong and our inner child does that so much and there's a few things we need to do to work with that inner child one is finish parenting them if you had a parent or if you didn't then you have inner child work to do. You, you know, even the best parent can't be there 24 seven explaining the world and emotions to you. So you tell yourself terrible things. Uh, in order for your parent to still be godlike and for you to be safe, you need to blame yourself for anything that goes wrong. And that's where some of those worst limiting beliefs and emotions get stuck. I didn't get a second ice cream. That means I must be needy. You know, I dropped my ice cream and people laughed and they just poo-pooed it and they told me there was nothing to be sad about. It's a little bit of gaslighting. We all do it. You know, don't be don't be scared. There's nothing to be scared of. There's nothing nothing to be sad about. We tell our kids that instead of saying, "Yeah, that's something to be sad about. That's a disappointment. I'm sorry that happened. We can't drive back 20 miles and get another ice cream." You know, if our parent did that every time, we'd be fine, right? But they cannot, they are human. So then we need to go back using hypnosis to reframe that, to do that parenting, because I know it sounds simple and tiny, and really the most profound, hurtful things that are still stuck inside of us are, because they are lighting up that child that we were when we were four or five when that happened. So we go back and we parent that. But we also recognize that our inner child doesn't need to come out during business hours when we're doing the hard stuff. The inner child comes out when we're going to play, when we're going to use curiosity, when we're going to be creative. When we're doing the hard stuff, let's bring out our adult parts. Let's bring out the part of us that is confident and creative and can negotiate. 
Our inner child has other work to do, much like our inner critic. Make a great relationship with your inner critic. Your inner critic loves you and wants you to excel. When you have a great relationship with your inner critic, you stop getting insecure when they show up and you're like, ooh, great, how can I make this even better? Instead of, oh no, I didn't do this and it isn't perfect and, right? You need to make a relationship with all the facets of your being so that you're all aligned and integrated and working together for the same vision. Yes, and you said facets there and I know that you, you talk about 10 facets of success. So there are different decisions that you can make. And one of the things that if you had a really hard childhood, you may, and and real, not really hard, but a hard childhood where you told yourself repeatedly, you're unworthy, undeserving, don't matter. You shouldn't be visible, shut up, stand in a corner. We need to work through some processes. And it takes one session to clear out all that. Unworthy, undeserving, women can't do this, sales is sleazy. We cleared all the lies so that you can see the world in all its beauty and you can see yourself in all your brilliance. And then you find yourself in a place where you say, hmm, I'm in a place of choice and intention. I am powerful. I know what my strengths are. I know what my values are. From there, you can make some decisions that you didn't feel like you could make before, like to only serve from your excellence. That's a choice and you can make that choice. I identify what my excellence is and that's where I serve. For instance, I could do communication coaching and I have in the past and I'm good at it. It's not my place of excellence. It's not the place where I light up, we connect and I transform you. It makes a big difference and I'm tempted to go do that. So it is a deliberate choice to say, this is, this is my excellence. Also helps with JV ventures, because if I'm going to collaborate, I need to know where my excellence is. Also, turn your business into a personal growth project. Recognize that you are doing adulting and be looking for opportunities for failure, for change and for growth. How can you transcend who you were last year? If you're not embarrassed about how you ran your business last year, you are not growing, mm. choosing to see it that way. And it's true, right? It, it, it's not false affirmations, it's truth. Um, step into being an expert, right? You are not the expert, but you're an expert. When you commit to mastering your place of excellence over the next five years, you bring in that grit to say, here's what I'm committed to. I'm going to become a master of this. You can step into being an expert today and grow that expertise deeper. Turn your service into a program. Stop just doing everything and say, here's my framework. Here's what I do. My mega program brings in all the best things, the most amazing things that I can offer to a client. And this is what I want to give them. This is what I know transforms my ideal client. So we go through these. There's six more of them. <laughs> I don't want to take your entire day, but there are 10 decisions that are about boundaries and choices and decisions and 80, 20, you know, using that Pareto principle to say, where's my biggest impact? What are the activities I should be doing? And what can I delegate? And being intentional about that to redesign your business model so that it lights you up instead of burning you out. I'd say, build a business that loves you back. You know, you're going to love your business and pour your heart and soul into it. Why not? create a functional relationship with it so that it loves you back. Yes, no more yes. codependence. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, you're going to invest so much time into it. Don't do, don't start a business or grow a business that you don't like. That mm -hmm. because you're not being intentional, then are you? You're you're, you're exactly. letting it run. Um, your your business is owning you. You're not owning it. I've heard that before, yeah. and that yeah. connected with me. Um, in your, I know in your notes you spoke about the real advantage of the one percent. Um, yeah. What is the 1%? So we often talk about the 1% being the richest people in the world and how much money and power they have. But the real advantage is that you're being raised by parents who have the time and the resources to help you live and discover your values. You already know you belong just by being born. When you recognize that, and we all do, but the 1% gets to experience it their parents have the time and the money to invest in the children. If you were raised in an affluent home, you have, and I, I know there's exceptions to this. So if you were raised and neglected and, and had all the money and non, none of the attention and the resources, that's not who I'm speaking to. This is a, a generality of parents who have the time and money to just love you as you are. That's the real advantage. You can create all the money, power, influence, impact from that state. You don't need to be born into money to create that. You don't need to be born into a family that's impactful to create it. But you need to know that just by being born, you are worthy and you have purpose and strengths and unique abilities and passion to bring to this world. Yeah, I, I don't know what the facts are. Um, I'm not a factual person. <laughs> well, maybe maybe I'm <laughs> putting myself down there, but it's like 13 trillion to one that you were, were to be born. So count yourself lucky. Yeah. Absolutely. And rediscovering that and reclaiming that in a world where we're, we seem to be all about having money instead of being alive and being productive and being resourceful and growing, right? You don't see that in commercials. Beer commercials don't talk about transcending your previous self and having an impact on the community and learning new things through failure. Our society is about sex and drugs and rock and roll, right? It's the money, the achievement, the big houses, the boats, as opposed to the things that genuinely make you happy serving and contributing to making the impact to somebody else's life and, and that's that's my hope in this podcast is giving other people resources from experts who know what they're talking about and giving them good quality Beautiful. advice so I know you've shared a lot about your frameworks and your coaching and a little bit about your past but I like giving actionable steps for helping my listeners grow and scale their business so what three steps will you, can you share today that would help them grow their business and also change their mindset? I have a feeling I already shared with this with you in a written format that I don't have in front of me, but I'm going to say a couple, one, one really serious, solid thing. Uh, and I'll give you a couple of steps. So the first one is knowing where you are right now is key to any growth, any change. And it's a hard place to be. You actually have to sit down and look at your books look at your client list, talk to your clients, and look at what you actually do well, and identify where am I now. And then look at your vision, your three year vision, where do I want to be? 
And I've got some great resources for free that you can grab from my website for that, because until you know <clears throat> that you have a place you're going, life is pretty uh, unenergetic. Mm. You, you can languish in a life with no goals. So then when you've got that, where am I now and where am I going? Everything that is in between, the gap that's in between where you're going, all those things and the reason that you don't have them are the things that you don't want to do. Make a list of why don't I have that yet? And just journal that for half an hour. Why am I not already there? And all the reasons that you can come out with, and I feel like you should like pause this podcast at this point in time, just write all those reasons that you don't already have that vision of success and go deep. And why don't you have that? And why don't you have that? And why is that happening? And why is that true? And really dump your mind out and then come back and hit play again. Because let me tell you, all of those are lies. All of those are limiting beliefs. Mm. It's like when somebody calls you and wants your services, they're afraid because if they weren't afraid, they'd already have done it. They'd already have done it themselves. And so recognizing the truth about how human beings work is important, right? So then when you have all those limiting beliefs, really tackle them and say, is this true? Is this true for me? Is that true for someone who could be a model of possibility in my life? So if you think of who could, if you were, if you were to take your business and put it up on a movie screen and cast somebody powerful as you, and imagine them playing out your business from now to the next three years. Would they be able to do it differently than you? Probably. And so what that means is you could do that too. Yeah. How you would script that future for them with someone where you know they're, oh, they're confident, they're resourceful, they're energized, they, they're not afraid to reach out and make that scary phone call and say, hey, do you want to collaborate? You can do that too. And whatever's getting in your way, step into that model step into that screen and live out your business movie as that model of possibility and notice how you act differently. You will feel like you are being that other person, but realistically that other person is purely your imagination, which means it is coming from deep inside you. <laughs> yes. And I think when you're, when you're starting out, um, you buy belief from other people because, and most of the time they, they have belief in you because they've done it before. And I yeah. think that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting from a lot of the experts because they have done uh, more things than me and they encourage me that this podcast is a great thing. I'm kind of buying into their belief because there's a, there's a part of me that still has limiting beliefs that I still need to get over. Um, so I'm kind of buying their belief and I'm sure other people are doing exactly the same. Yeah, and I think that's the beautiful next point. When you're in that place, now talk to someone who has done that thing. Who do you know who has done it? People are so willing to mentor, right? When you get out of that place of independence and are willing to ask for help, that is, again, one of those characteristics about leaders who have succeeded. Mm -hmm. They ask for help and they recognize that shows strength, not weakness, right? So if you're telling yourself, oh, I can't do this, they will think I'm unprofessional, they'll think I'm too inexperienced. Again, all that nonsense. Where, do you, where are you now? Where do you want to be? And what are you telling yourself? Mm -hmm. Find the story you're telling yourself and then write a new one. Yeah, there's, there's a lot that I'm getting from that. And because in the, I've, I've, like three years ago, 
I struggle to count five people on my hand as friends or people that I could trust. And now, because I'm making a conscious decision to connect and network with people older than me, more wise than me, my network is is expanded so much that, but not like huge in quantity, more in quality. Mm-hmm. Focusing on the having the right people in my life that will guide me in the right way and so many different opportunities are coming from this and I, I'm grateful for, for you for jumping on this call with me today. Um, I'm very pleased to. Yes what else would you like to share with uh, the listeners today that could help them get out of um, a, a situation that they're in that's that they want they want to get to that desired state how, how can you help them? Well, first of all, your brain is not broken. If you feel stuck, if you feel like you're just not, often that people will say, I need to be fixed. It's like your brain is doing exactly what it's supposed to. It's just not serving your heart, mind, and soul. Your brain is designed to keep you alive and to keep you to doing the same things. You know, even though those berries that you ate yesterday were yucky and and made you feel a little bit sick, they didn't kill you. So you keep eating the same berries. And that is your brain working well. You can choose to install in your brain that new future. So often when I start working with people, I'll say, what are your goals? And they'll say, I just don't wanna be in debt anymore. I just don't wanna fail this time. That's a really common one. So when someone has said enough is enough, what they're, coming to me about starts from that place of, we call it away from, getting away from failing, trying to survive, and they're in survival mind, right? Their thoughts, if we were to scan their brain, we would probably see all their thoughts are just in that emotion and survival mind down in reptilian mind. And their cortex, when they're, they're that human part of your brain that is like creative and possible and playful, is just not firing like it could. That's normal. Your brain is not broken. You just need to move those thoughts into the future, literally. So we then float out to three years into the future. Go talk to your future self about where you could be. What is that toward? So I'll often ask them, when you're not failing, what will you be doing instead? How will you know for sure? Tell me when you will, you're convincing, your convincer demonstration where you say, that's not failing. What is it if it's not failing? And catch yourself doing all those um, away from survival language mm-hmm. and repattern it every time it happens so that you have something to strive for. You have a future. And I know during the pandemic, people have felt like that's even more amorphous. Well, this will end and you will find that coming at the other side of the pandemic, we still have a lot of Zoom. We still have a lot of virtual connections because now we are bringing that into our cyborg self that we feel we can connect with people through phone and email and text and Facebook and Messenger and Zoom and StreamYard and all those ways in a new way. So choose to include that in your future and recognize it doesn't have to be hammered down. It just needs to be a compass that pulls you forward. Yeah, and it's it's a great opportunity to meet people from all over the world. I, I'm I'm loving it. Yeah, I lo- I love yeah. the opportunity to network with people. 
And hammering down goals doesn't mean that you are writing them in concrete. It just means you have a GPS. And you know, when you set your GPS, it means you get to take the side trips and grab ice cream over here and visit that attraction and still know you're going in the right direction. But it pulls you forward and it adds excitement and anticipation and energy to your day. Without that goal, without that, what will you be doing in that beautiful future? You can get very stuck in uncertainty and you stall and feel like you are walking through sludge. There's parts of me that are in Groundhog Day and you wake up, you do the same thing. And some of my days are unproductive. So maybe I need to change that strategy where I, I need to get my sleep in control. I need to wake up a different side of the bed. And do you think just making those small changes would make a huge difference? So one of the things that I do tell people is to design your life so that you are deliberately being a business owner. You have time booked off for creativity, for thinking, and then for thinking about your thinking every day. You have your morning starting from a place of possibility instead of urgency and reactivity. So many people, the alarm goes off and they aren't thinking to themselves, hmm, I'm gonna get up and have a cup of coffee and watch the sunrise. I'm gonna journal for a little while about my day. I'm gonna spend some time just really enjoying that sense of being alive do a little bit of mindful meditation, even 12 minutes of mindfulness a day is a workout for your brain that builds your prefrontal cortex so that it becomes executive in situations instead of your amygdala constantly be there, being there on the lookout. If you're sitting at a state of stress and anxiety, three weeks even, I mean, this is something you do for life, but within three weeks of starting a mindfulness practice, you will find you are sleeping better without telling yourself, I need to sleep better. You will be waking up with energy, with um, excitement about your day, with anticipation instead of urgency and have tos. Yes, build the rituals in and build your brain so that it is in flow at least once a day, in deep mindfulness at least once a day. So very, very conscious, very, very in flow. And when you go to bed, Put yourself into hypnosis and have an instruction for your unconscious mind before you fall asleep. How you start the day, how you show up in the day, how you end the day. It does not take more time. And so when people are saying, I don't have time for this, you're not in a business owner mindset. You're in employee mindset. There's more work to be done. (laughs) And there always is, right? I'm excited about my next level of work and where I'm growing to because we are always growing. So living, living as though you're the CEO of a huge corporation and what's that person doing and how's he living his life to be very successful or she to be really, to be really successful. And then just imagining your future self in the next three years, this is how, this is what I want my life to be like, vision, 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 and you'll have a lot more clarity. Yeah. And you are already the CEO of your life. And a CEO, their job is to work less, to do fewer and fewer things that have bigger and bigger impact. Mm -hmm. And if you put that into your trajectory and saying, okay, what are those things that I will be doing? We sometimes think of that CEO as somebody who is high stressed, high powered, working 20 hours a day. That is not a high powered CEO. A high powered CEO is powered from inside, from their inner strengths and from the knowledge that in creating their business itself, 
that's where the value comes from. They are guiding that business vision and hiring on an amazing team to do the technician work. Yeah. Hypnosis is a, a skill that you can practice in which you deliberately turn off the critical faculty, that part of you that chooses to believe in things and not believe in things and just suspend disbelief. It's about not being in your working mind and practicing going into imagination. So if you just even download a visualization meditation, listen to that, go inside and then deliberately ask. And you can even ask out loud. So your unconscious mind hears you. I want to work on this tonight, come up with this problem, organize all these ideas so that in the morning I wake up with a solution to start from, right? Actually give an instruction. Um, we are easily able to access our unconscious mind. It's just an, a doorway. And as you build trust in yourself, you will find that you get better and better at self-hypnosis. It's when we stop listening to our intuition, we stop listening to ourselves, that we break rapport with our unconscious mind, and you can rebuild that through practice. Progressive muscle relaxation as you're doing this, just scanning your body and relaxing each part of your body from your toes to your head or your head to your toes will help you focus internally instead of being out there thinking about my day and what did I do and what did I not do and what, what am I doing tomorrow? Just be present in your body and relax into it. Allow yourself to notice sensations instead of thoughts as you pattern yourself internally. Yeah, and then you go into deep relaxation and you fall to sleep. And then when you wake up in the morning, you've got, you already know your plan. And if you have a challenge with that, you can just take five minutes writing what is the problem, really define the problem that your unconscious mind is going to work on. What's fun about that is you're not getting into solution mode, you're deliberately being the scientist and being playful, write out the real problem. And it's not I don't want to be in debt, right? It's a simple um, task that you want to achieve tomorrow write it down and say, okay, <clears throat> now imagine just absorbing that into your body, into your mind, so that your unconscious mind is scurrying around with little workers in the background while you sleep all peacefully and wake up in the morning with the solution already there. And then of course, that means you need to wake up slow, wake up and journal. What, what's the solution that came to me? And as you journal, your unconscious mind will share the answer with you. If you do not take the time to listen, your unconscious mind then the solution can be there but it never comes out yes yeah and if you rush and run away from your emotions then you never heal absolutely um, knowing that you have the tools to work with emotions it, it's kind of funny I, i'll ask people you know how big is the dread or how big is the anxiety on a scale of one to ten mm. you know ten being the worst anxiety or the worst dread you've ever felt and zero being i'm fine what do you mean anxiety when they've said, oh, it's an eight, and I'll say, okay, now how weak is the pain from the anxiety? With zero being I'm in no pain and 10 being I'm giving birth or I just broke my arm, how big is the pain from that emotion? Because it helps you realize that emotion is a physiological experience and that you can be over anxious about emotions. When you know that you have the tools to manage emotions, they don't cause the discomfort anymore. They don't cause the suffering anymore. They're just like, hmm, that's data. Okay, anxiety, and, and my anxiety is named Bob and he's a little blue creature. I say, okay, Bob, what do you have to tell me today? 
are you even here for a reason, Bob? Or are you just bored, right? Are you just triggering me, telling me there's a saber-toothed tiger hanging around? And it's like, go back to sleep, Bob. Thanks anyway, right? And if there's a reason, it's like, oh, I've forgotten something. Uh, take some bit time, time, time out of this, out of the busy work, and just do three minutes of, am I forgetting something? Am I being so rushed and anxious and reactive that I'm not being intentional about my day? And that I've allowed my physiology to freak me out? And then it's like, thanks, Bob, that was really helpful. I feel so much calmer again. Three deep breaths, take my hands, breathe into my heart for one minute, and come back to now and reality that I am a human being having a human experience who also runs a business. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that do listen. When they do listen to this, they'll um, they realize maybe they are just taking on too much and they just need to spend some time with themselves working out the problem before moving on to the next task. So that's really going to help them. I, it's going to help me. And I'm definitely going to go back through the transcription and go, okay, what did she say? <laughs> <laughs> you will never get everything done. I think that's the most profound thing Brian Tracy ever said. Look at your to-do list and know you will never get it all done. So why not focus on the high priority stuff that lights you up? Yeah, having a long list and then just choosing the three most important tasks for the day. And then if you, yeah. you've done that, be satisfied. And and also looking at the list and saying, what could I delegate? What could somebody else be working on without me even being awake? Without, you know, I could be out golfing and they could be working on this list, right? As you step into that business owner mindset, that to-do list isn't your list anymore. And ideally, you look at that list and say, is there anything on there that I should be doing myself? Mm. Yeah, if you are in anxious, if you're locked in survival mode and anxiety, you're so behind on that list that you're like, no, I can't. I can't do that. I have to do it all. And I have to do it three days ago. And I have to stay up all night. And I'll never get it done. And I just have to do it, right? You're in that driven, anxious, self-flagellating mode. You cannot imagine delegating because it would take too much time mm. that's when you need to do it most that's when you need to stop and say this sucks this is not why I started my business I didn't want to live a life this way this is horrible no boss would ever treat me like this so why am I step out of it and gain back objectivity about your life and your business because you are so subject to it it controls you it controls every emotion every action it controls whether you sleep or not that's terrible. It's not okay. And it's in two weeks from today, your entire life can be so transformed. Seriously, you take this moment and you say, no, stop it. I'm going to live differently. And then you reach out to someone who helps you put all that in place. Like yourself. Like myself. It is amazing. It is such a great gig. I love helping people turn their life around into something that is filling them up and letting them actually live the dream and the passion that they started with. Mm -hmm. And become the CEO that doesn't work thousands of hours a week, um, yeah. and delegates the majority of it. Yeah. One of my clients, I started working with him just over a year ago. He did three months in Costa Rica this year. He had not had a vacation in years. He wasn't even pulling a salary when we started working together three months in Costa Rica and he's actually buying property down there and opening another franchise He's, I mean, it's about having the time to be the business owner and make the impact. You have to stop showing up on the job site, right? You have project managers for that. And he went from no team 
to a team of five amazing people because he chose to step into business owner. You cannot just be the employee. You've got to step out of that. It's stunning. And it was within an hour of our first session, he hired his first project manager and started to free up his life. His wife loves me. <laughs> his kids are so happy, right? They've got a dad and a husband and a business that is providing for their needs and their dreams. And it's just choices. Yes. It was not even his business model. It was how he was showing up. So, so thank you, Cher, uh, for having this conversation today. Um, how can somebody get in touch with you after this call? If you go to mindfulentrepreneur.ca, you can book a meeting with me. I always offer free coaching sessions. One of the fun things that happens is you have to convince me you have a problem because of NLP. And in doing so, we'll often completely blow out the problem. It'll be gone in one phone call, one free coaching session. And if you can convince me you have a problem that you need some support with, we'll see if I'm the person to support you. I also have some great free courses there. Find me on LinkedIn and message me. I'm happy to get into a conversation too, right? Don't overthink this. Don't tell yourself a story about, oh, if I reach out to a hypnotist, then that's right. Just say, I'm curious, this could be fun. Let's play. Uh, I always like to end on a random question just so I can get to know you a little bit more. Uh, so if you could eat with anybody in the world from any place in the world, where would you meet them? Who would you meet? And what would you cook them? So I would love to sit down with Jack Cornfield. He is from Spirit Rock and we, I'd just go visit him. Um, I'm not sure what we would cook, but it would be prepared so mindfully. He is a man whose, whose thoughts and whose heart are slow and present and just listening to his voice. He has a wonderful program, Buddhism for Beginners, that I, I've listened to on audio. And his ability to show up where, I mean, we could probably be on a cliff being swept by snow and he would just be there with you he wouldn't be complaining he wouldn't be fearful he wouldn't be feeling guilty about having arrived on the cliff or worried about how to get off the cliff he's just a man who is present and positive and open to what is the lesson of this moment and i have no idea whether he's a vegetarian or not so I, you know i just would show up and maybe we'd get to food and maybe we wouldn't and it would just be an experience of being alive with someone else who is about being alive. Thank you, Cheer, for sharing your expertise on NLP, hypnosis, and what it means to be a mindful entrepreneur. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please like, subscribe, follow, do your thing, and then share it with someone who would appreciate Cheer's tips and who would also like the Talking With Experts podcast. For now, enjoy the rest of your day and I'll see you next week.